0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> hello.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> hello, pod Podfan, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I am good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I've got some peppermint tea here for you. Ooh. And what kind of tea are you drinking?
0: I actually am uh, shaking things up today, oh. and I have a raspberry leaf tea. Ooh, it, that sounds yeah. different. It is. Um, nice. Doesn't raspberry really tea,
1: isn't it very good for women? It's what I hear. It's what they tell me.
0: I have um, no clue. It was just in my tea drawer. Oh,
1: <laughs> going for just like whatever's in there?
0: Yeah. it It really doesn't taste that different from like every organic herbal tea that exists, you know? Yeah, I find raspberry leaf tea. It's very similar to, like, a green tea in a way. Yeah, yeah. But it is really good. I like it so far. We have got to shake things up because it's every episode. I'm like, yeah, here's my peppermint tea. That's all I drink.
1: I'm drinking peppermint tea. But I haven't had peppermint tea for a long time. So, you know,
0: this is me mixing it up. Exactly. See, like, I'm a creature of habit and I'm trying to break some habits. And apparently, that involves peppermint tea drinking. Nice.
1: Well, yeah. also with me, I have my SodaStream water. So if you hear like a little like, Psh, it's just my SodaStream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I keep taking the cap off. And Amazing. I'm addicted to SodaStream. I don't know. Do you have one at your house?
0: Uh, we do. Except I'm of the impression that uh, sparkling water tastes like TV static. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And I just I my parents use it a lot. Um, I don't, but let's get into it. Laura, guess what comes out on Friday? Oh my God, Fearless. Yay, Taylor. Yes. So excited. Yay, Taylor. Taylor. Sorry, sorry. Fearless Taylor's
1: version. Yes, Very you have important to be, too.
0: Yes. You have to be correct in what you call it, but yes. if you guys didn't know, we're huge Taylor Swift fans, and by the time this episode comes out, Fearless will probably have been re-released for like a month. <laughs> but- probably. <laughs> how fast we move around here this is our celebratory uh taylor swift episode one of two but we're starting with this one and laura is going to take the lead today so can you tell everybody what we're going to be doing
1: yes so let's go back to when folklore first released and when i listened to the album through the first time
0: it sorry sorry, like- sorry sorry sorry. I sorry sorry we have to create the image all right end of july 2020 <sighs> that year sucked <laughs> it was so hot in july in canada in ontario at least i don't know about elsewhere and it was a surprise so you woke up the next day and it was like taylor swift new album and we were like oh my god and it kind of brought some know, meaning back to all of our lives let's just be honest here album of the year well deserved oh, but god, yeah. Just so you can understand the effect that that album at least had on me, I listened to uh, The One. That's my favorite song on that album. I listened to it a hundred times from when it released to the end of August. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was right up there
1: with Cardigan and Exile, my two favorite songs on that track. Yeah. And, you know, it felt like every week a new song just hit me in a new way and I had to go back and listen to that like a hundred times. Yep. So yeah, that was, that was good times. That was, that was a little highlight of the year in 2020.
0: Yeah. As you can see, it was a sad girl summer. It was Uh, a sad girl, (laughs) sad girl, lowercase summer. (laughs) Pretty much. But we had a great time. And to this day, I can still, it, do you, I find that with that album, I'm literally like today, this song resonates with me and I'm going to listen to it on repeat. And then the next day it's a completely different one. Yeah, it really just depends. But you know, it's an album
1: that's been there for us, and it continues to be there for us. And then when its Sister Evermore came on, I mean, oh man, like, we had a new best friend.
0: Oh, Evermore. Controversial opinion. Maybe it's not controversial, but I actually think I prefer Evermore in a weird way, where I can listen to that album all the way through all the time.
1: Yes, it is truly a zero skips album.
0: Yeah, and I think we've talked about it lots before cuz like we're both in like mid to late 20s that we can resonate to Evermore now as adults. Like the stories that she is telling are more adult stories, but I feel like we needed to have folklore in order to process the very younger parts of ourselves that went through heartbreak. Couldn't have said it better myself. Like Evermore
1: is where we are kind of leaving but folklore is where we came from it was those late teens early 20s you know it helped us it helped us process some things we didn't realize we still had to process
0: yeah those were some great times i think i cried like five times just in the first week oh god yeah exile
1: out. i couldn't listen to exile without bawling my eyes out yeah <laughs> like it was just too
0: real yeah so now you understand the love that we have for folklore and Laura has been doing some homework this week that yes. she's very excited to tell you about.
1: <laughs> yeah. So as I was
0: saying before Rachel had to set the scene, um, <laughs> which we love you for. There needs to be like a setting. We need. There needs to be a story to it. You need to be involved before we get started.
1: Okay. All right. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm trying to do that right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really dramatic. Okay. <laughs> she's Continue. really hyped about
0: this. I have not. Continue. So I have
1: not told... Rachel really anything. I gave her a bit of a hint but she was waiting for me to send prep notes and I never did because I kind of wanted this to be a surprise for her too. So in celebration of Fearless Taylor's version coming out I decided to write a little folklore story and maybe you can agree with me and especially with some of the theories that were going around With Folklore, it seemed like there was like a love triangle um, story to the album, obviously not in order. So that Mm -hmm. is kind of what I've done today. I have put the songs
0: in order. So it tells a little bit of a story. Okay. I'm so excited. (laughs) You ready? Yes. I'm I'm not even going to lie. I only got about halfway through your order today because I also listen to this album like every single day. But I kind of ran out of time for, like, the last five songs, but I know I kind of have a feeling of where it's going, and I was like, ooh, this is so good. (laughs) So before we start,
1: I want to thank an upcoming YouTuber. Her name is Ashley A., and her last name is spelled, like, A-Y-E. She is an up-and-coming YouTuber that does old Hollywood beauty bios So she will pick like an old celebrity like um, Elizabeth Taylor and do a complete makeup look for them while telling their life story. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of what got the wheels turning for me in how this story uh, comes out. It starts in the mid early like 1930s and there are five characters that we are going to hear from. Well, really, we hear from three of them, but there's five in total. Okay. So the first one is Betty. And okay, Betty is a lovely, charming girl. Her dream is to be an actress on Broadway. And All right. And she comes from actually a very difficult childhood. Her parents were always fighting. And then eventually um, her dad, who was a bit of an alcoholic, and a bit abusive towards her mother, does leave.
0: So that is
1: kind of Betty. Our next character is James. So pretty obvious using names from the actual album. Yes. And James- You gotta trust the canon. You do. You gotta go with what you got, right? So Mm -hmm. James is the same age as Betty, and they have been best friends since they were very young children um james comes from a fairly good home like nothing special they live in upstate new york and just in a very small town so that is james best friends to betty and then next character is inez so i know like in the long pond uh, studio album uh, taylor kind of imagines the other woman as augustina And for the purpose of simplicity, I am just going with Inez just to kind of keep it more of that love triangle. But, you know, there's going to be some contradictions in the story. Don't at me. Just roll with it. Okay. It's all for fun. (laughs) It's folklore, guys. This is the whole point. Exactly. You let your imagination run wild. This is where my imagination took me. Okay. So Inez is a very popular girl, and she comes from one of the wealthier families in town um she's kind of friends with betty but like more acquaintances they don't really run in the same circles but they kind of cross paths at school but inez has always loved james she's always had that crush since elementary school but you know james just never really noticed her before so those are your characters for now right there are two others but they're like kind of minor they just they just pop up
0: Okay. Okay. Not super important. Cool. Okay. Cool, cool. So are you ready for your first song? I am. I know you already know what it is. So, I do. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the first song is Invisible String. And this is from the point of view of Betty. So as I said before, Betty and James are longtime childhood friends. They live in upstate New York. And Betty grew up in a very rough home but she always had James there for her. And, you know, both James and Betty, they had some early high school relationships with other people, but they were very much just like, you know, those dramatic teenage crushes that seemed very important at the time, but really weren't, you know? (laughs) Yes. Not really a real relationship, but they're just like, oh my gosh, you're my world. Um, So they kind of had that, not with each other, but in general. And the main thing is that, They have this friendship, and it's always been so strong, no matter what, they are there for each other. However, as they kind of enter their junior year in high school, they become a little bit more flirty and romantic. So they've never really seen this way uh, with each other, but, you know, everyone forever was was shipping them. They're like, no, you guys are a thing. You're just going to end up together because they were always together. And so... With that, they started to date a little bit. And as I mentioned before, Betty always wanted to be an actress on Broadway. So she applies for a scholarship to a summer theater camp in L.A. and In L.A.? In L.A., yes. Yes. In, not quite interesting choice. Yes. Yeah, so this was kind of like a bit of like early Hollywood. So that's kind of where all the actors were in the okay. 30s. So even though she wanted to be on Broadway, this was a different school that she got into because she won the scholarship. All right. James was so proud of her. And so this is coming out of their junior year and going into their senior year, she leaves to go to L.A. to this acting camp, which was about two months long. Okay.
0: All right. So kind of like a June to July or a July to August thing? uh,
1: It's like a... A July, August, because they're in high school, right? So I'm pretty sure school goes into yes. end of June. I don't, I don't remember like a... high school. I know, right?
0: <laughs> when did we start high school? I don't remember.
1: Um, so while she is there, James saves up all of his money from working at the yogurt shop. Wink, wink.
0: Wink, wink. Yes,
1: to go visit her. And while they are out for dinner in LA, James gives Betty a golden locket engraved with With You Always. Okay, And she adores the necklace, and they jokingly just plan how they will one day just grow old together in a small town after she is a big superstar. Okay. All right. So James goes back home. They've had this lovely little trip together, and Betty is planning on finishing her um, second half of her theater camp. So this was end of July. This is now end of July. Yes. Okay. Great. So – Betty is doing so well at her camp that they offer her a scholarship to stay for a semester. And this is like an opportunity of a lifetime. It's all expenses paid. And she never came from money. So this is something that she would
0: never be able to afford on her own. Okay. And so it was a summer camp or it was a summer camp put on by a school? It's by a school. Okay. So like a fancy high school sort of thing. Yes. Like one of those art schools. Okay. Okay.
1: Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. it. So, of course, this is the opportunity of a lifetime and she's so excited. So she writes James to tell him that she will be staying there until the holidays. So James is happy for her, but he's also pretty heartbroken because he misses her and He was expecting her to come home. And even though he's sad, it comes a little bit out in anger. Okay. And this leads us to song number two, which is August. Tragic. Tragic. So this is from the point of view of Inez, that very popular girl who always wanted James. Okay. And I feel like I I should just insert this here. Um, I found with, like, a lot of people when they were talking about theories for folklore, it was either, like, Betty was all good, and Inez was all good or all bad, and James was all bad. Um, I think we have to give Taylor Swift a little bit more credit to make complicated emotional characters. Yes. So, for the purpose of the story, I kind of imagine all the characters as a little bit good, but they also have their demons. They're just people is what you're saying. Yeah, they're just people, right? Like, those are the kind of characters I imagine Taylor Swift creating, not someone who is like, oh, I'm an angel and, like, he's terrible.
0: Yeah, she essentially said that in the Long Pond studio. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. they're just – they're being how teenagers would be. Mm-hmm. All right. It's not so, always yeah. an evil girl comes in and steals your man, guys.
1: No, it's not. Like, Inez is that popular girl, but she is, like, a nice – girl she's a tad obsessed with with james but you know she's a teenager so what teenage girl wasn't kind of obsessed with one boy mood (laughs) anyway so betty is staying in la and james is sad at home this enters inez she's that popular girl who really wants james and, you know, she sees James and how upset he is. And she kind of uses this way as her in to seduce him. So they end up being together for most of August at her parents' beach house in the Hamptons. That sounds like a fun trip. Yeah, I know, right? Well, she's she's kind of like the rich girl in town. So her her family, like, they go vacation in the Hamptons for, for the summer. Okay. Yes. Cool, cool. So she takes James with her. And... You know, a lot of people uh, sympathize for her because, yes, like, James kind of dumps her in the end, obviously. Yes. But she kind of made this, like, her own mess. Uh, So James was very numb all of August, but this was really, like, his childish side of feeling like he could get back at Betty for staying in L.A. by sleeping with Inez. Yes. And Inez kind of just, like, oh, my God, he loves me. Like, this is a relationship now. Like we're together.
0: Like any teenage girl ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. I feel like we've all been Inez at one point. We're just like, yes, he's mine. But then he's like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, baby girl. Not at all. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just kind of playing you because I'm mad at someone else. Been there. Been there. All right. So near the end of summer, James feels awful about what he's done. And he kind of Pulls back from Inez a little bit because not only has he betrayed his girlfriend, Betty, but he's also betraying her as a best friend. He's always been there for her and he never wants to hurt her. But he he has now done one of the most terrible things that he ever could to her. Yes. So that is August. Now, we are kind of in the fall to song number three, which is Illicit Affairs. Again, point of view from Inez. Yes. So James calls her telling her that it's over and everything was just a huge mistake. He never should have spent the summer with her uh, because he loves Betty and not her. So Inez does not take this well because she thought James was falling in love with her and she is generally heartbroken and believes that James led her on, Um, which wasn't like quite true, but it was kind of that picture that she painted in her head. And that's really what I thought, like, illicit affairs in August was about. Um, You know, it wasn't the point of view from James. It was her point of view of this, like, wonderful relationship that she thought she had.
0: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Sorry. I get, like, really mad at James whenever I listen to folklore. So I'm going to have to work really hard to turn you around on James. Because, like, I had my moments where I hated him. But
1: then I'm like, no, you're not all bad. Like, We still have to hold space for you.
0: (laughs) You're really going to have to work hard because he reminds me of my past. I know. Okay. Well, (laughs) we're just going to
1: have to put that aside for a second, okay? I will try for you. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So Inez feels like a fool because no one has ever denied her before. She gets very angry with James, but... She does promise not to say anything about the affair because she also doesn't really want it getting out that um, she kind of slept with him. So just because, you know, it is the 30s, it's not really proper in those times. So kind of protect her own image. She is like, she's like, you know, I would tell, but, you know, I need to think about myself, so I'm not going to say anything. So James kind of gets off the hook on that one. And now we're going to move on to song four which is Mirrorball, also from the point of view of Inez. If we're just having a little Inez chapter at the moment. Mirrorball is so sad. (laughs) (laughs) This poor girl. (laughs) I know, right? So we are fast-forwarding after the holidays, and we are now on their last semester of high school. Betty is now back from L.A., and James and her pick up their relationship right where they left off. You know, um, just how it was when they left in L.A., he is kind of playing it off. That he ever did anything wrong or that he was ever mad at her for staying away for so long. Okay. And she's so happy that they can be together. You know, she's just coming off this great run of um, being in a life that she is striving for. But who is not happy, though, is Inez. She is still mad at James, but she has still kept it a secret about um, their affair. But once Betty is back and they're both so happy in their relationship, she is finding it harder and harder not to say anything,
0: yes. because
1: she still like she still loves James. She still really wants him, and she thought that you know what, maybe if I said something to Betty, he like she would break up with him, and I could be with him. So, they are at their final school formal of the year, and she gets a little bit drunk. She's, she gets drinking quite a bit actually. Okay. And she is trying all night to get James's attention. Now, have you ever had those moments when you're like, I really want your attention? And you're like, kind of like, yeah, <laughs> make a bit of a fool of yourself trying to get it? Absolutely. So that's kind of what Inez is doing. And Betty notices that Inez is getting like a little close to James. But she knows that Inez has like always liked him. So she's like, whatever. You know, it's just Inez being Inez. Yes. And Inez pulls James aside, saying that she loves him and can be any type of girlfriend he needs her to be. But James rejects her and tells her that she should go home because she's just getting way too drunk. However, Inez blurts out in front of everyone about their affair. Okay. Figuratively burning the disco down. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> mm-hmm
0: like not good for her but good for her
1: <laughs> yeah so she kind of like just erupts and every detail comes out about their affair in front of pretty much their entire school so betty is kind of in shock she can't believe what she's in hearing she's embarrassed and wants to leave as quickly as possible james is trying to go after her but inez keeps cornering him um still trying to get his attention and to be with him So she's like kind of oblivious that she actually did all of this. She kind of saw that as like, oh, this is my opportunity. Now he'll, now he'll want me. Yeah. Yes. So moving on to song number five, Cardigan, my personal favorite. And this is from the point of view of Betty. So Betty is devastated. Not only has she lost her boyfriend, but she has also lost her best friend. She doesn't want to speak to James. Even after the dance, um, she never screamed or got mad at him. She literally just stopped talking to him and blocked him out of her life. I feel like that's a very, like,
0: teenage response. Yeah, you're like, I have no interest in talking to you, even though I really, really want to, but I want you to know that I don't want to talk to you. Exactly. So Cardigan is very much of her processing what has happened, Um, but
1: she's not only processing, like, their relationship. She's also processing their whole friendship because they have so much history together. Um, you know, this is someone she's known since she was a child. He's always been there through it, like all the difficult times. And she feels like a piece of her is missing now. She's not sure if she can forgive him, but a part of her knows that she can't live without him. Okay. And now, of course, it's been a couple weeks. Graduation has just happened. And we are on to song no- number six,
0: from the point of view of James, which is Betty. This one hits my soul, deep. I know. <laughs> We'll get to that in the next episode, but yes. <laughs> yeah, you just hold your little your little piece over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that part is a secret for now. Yeah.
1: Um so Betty has been ignoring James and he finally goes to her house where she's throwing a graduation party. James was not invited to the graduation party, by the way. Okay. Because she has still not spoken to him. I he, mean I wouldn't
0: <laughs> invite him either. So
1: Right. I know. He just cheated on you. Well, cheated on you like six months ago and you never knew. Yeah, it's cold. That's just, it's cold. I wouldn't invite him. He's no. not invited. No. So he tries to apologize and explain, but she doesn't want to hear it. He's kind of destroyed their chance at a relationship, but he still wants to be her friend because they've always been there for each other. She tells him that she's accepted a role for an off-Broadway play in New York and will be leaving in the morning. Oh. End of song, end of song six. <laughs> T. Yes. yes so on to song seven which is also the point of view of james now i have to say about these two songs i always kind of thought about betty and this is me trying being almost like at the same time okay Um, not so much in the story but like when i would always hear the songs because i feel like this is me trying is like james point of view of like pouring his heart out yet it comes out like betty Okay. You know, like like he's like, oh, I'm feeling so deep and I'm so hurt and I'm trying to get you back. But when it comes out as Betty, it's just like, yeah, I I did something really shitty. Will you take me back? Like it just doesn't come out how he wants it to. (laughs) That's just kind of always what I thought about those two songs. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Betty has now moved to New York and she's been there a couple months and she's been accepting more and more roles. She finally lands a huge break as a lead in a romantic musical opposite Charles Esther, which is character number four. All right. Yes. And Esther is a play on Este from Evermore, (laughs) because I was trying to think of a last name for him, and I was just like, I'm going to call him Esther. (laughs) Fantastic. I love it. Yes. And he is a very famous actor, which is going to be fantastic for her career. So James is still heartbroken and missing his best friend. And he's kind of been on a downward spiral since Betty left town. He still feels terrible about what he did to her and still really wants to have her in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has been following Betty's career since she left New York. And he writes her a letter saying how proud of her he is and wishes
0: her all the best in her upcoming play. This has a uh, Dorothea and Tis a Damn Season vibes right now. Yes. So yes. Yes. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> he knows that he did not explain himself properly that night at her house and he is really hoping that she will forgive them so they can be friends in some way. Okay. Song number 8, your favorite, the one from the point of view of Betty. So Betty is loving her life in New York. She's a rising star and she's starting to land some really huge roles. She kind of has pushed her feelings for James. And everything gonna happen way down deep, and she's never really dealt with him. So remember how I said like back a few songs ago that Betty just kind of left and cut him out of her life. Like she never got mad at him. She never screamed. She literally like just chopped him out. Yes. So she really has not dealt with anything. But life is really good for her right now. So she's kind of like not bothered by it. She's just like, oh no, I've moved on. Like it's totally fine. So out of the blue, she gets the letter from James from This Is Me Trying. And she writes him back, letting him know how great things are and how much she used to value their friendship when they were kids. Okay. For a brief moment, she kind of thinks about how her life could have been if they were still together. But she knows, like, like no, like, I, I don't want to be with him. Um, but, you know, maybe I could be your friend. So she writes back saying that, you know, I have this big premiere coming. So why don't you come to New York in a couple months for the opening show? Now, one thing she kind of did, like, she kind of wrote it a little bit flirty. Just kind of her mood at the time. All right. But also, she was kind of playing James a little bit. Like, she never forgot about what he did, but she's like, no, no, I'll hear you out. Like, come to my show. So song number nine, My Tears Ricochet. Point of view, James.
0: All right. All right. The tears begin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see how emotional this story actually is. Still trying to turn your hand on James here. Might take a while. It's it's gonna take a while. But proceed, I'm interested. All right. So James is so excited to receive an invitation from Betty's premiere. He thinks that she has finally forgiven him,
0: and this is his chance to win her back. I'm gonna say it doesn't go that way.
1: No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> So he heads to New York and brings a huge bouquet of flowers. What James does not know is that Betty has started dating her co-star, James Esther. Charles so Esther. Owl. Do you
0: mean? Oh my gosh, I call him
1: James Wow! Sorry. Okay. That's a <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who wrote this story, oh, no. Laura.
0: <laughs> I'm literally reading my own writing and I can't even read it. <laughs> oh, well, I fixed it. Don't worry. Everyone knows now we're talking about Charles, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Charles Esther. Charles Esther. Okay. I just love the drama of how you said it too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like you were so confident. <laughs> and then I fuck it up. Great work. 10 out of 10. <laughs> so
1: it's been a couple of months and they've been rehearsing their play. They kind of, you know, start flirting a little bit and ended up getting together. But Charles is quite a bit older than Betty and he's in the twilight of, of his career. Um, But him dating, like, a young starlet, like, her has given his career a boost. And then enters James. So he's watching the love of his life give a beautiful performance on stage. And after the show, he heads back to her dressing room. Betty is happy to see him. And James notices that she is still wearing that gold locket he gave her back in L.A. He congratulates her and asks her to go out for a celebratory dinner. Just in that moment, Charles comes into the dressing room and kisses Betty. Ooh. Mm -hmm.
0: That's a big burn right there.
1: Yes. So Betty introduces Charles to James. Now, Betty is a bit smug when she does this because she's trying to rub it a little bit in James's face of how well she's doing and how much she's moved on. Okay. James is Devastated, though, he thought he was coming on this trip to win back his friend and possibly the love of his life. But here she is with another man. So (laughs) James. Uh, Boo-hoo, Angel. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to win you over, James, here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, carry on. So James immediately thinks that this is a setup and Betty purposely wanted to hurt him. Okay. Betty takes one look at James and she kind of regrets rubbing Charles in James's face. James leaves the dressing room. Okay. Mm-hmm. Song number 10 Exile. And this is obviously a beautiful, beautiful song. I love this song. Yes. And it's from the point of view of both of them. Okay. So Betty goes after James and they finally have that talk that they never had. However, by now, it comes up as an eruption because of all the pent-up emotion and time that is taken, and both of them are done. The relationship, friendship, there's no hope of saving it. They both blame each other for breaking each other's hearts. Betty is still hurt from James cheating on her with Inez, and James thinks that Betty led him on even though she was with Charles. Betty takes off the locket and gives it back to James. She turns to go back to Charles. And that night at the after party, Charles proposes to her. And she accepts.
0: Lit. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The play is a huge success. And the public absolutely adores their relationship. And it's in all of the newspapers. James sees this and tries to move on from Betty with very short-term relationships. But deep down, he still loves her. And a couple of years later, Betty is married to Charles. She is a huge star on Broadway. And Charles is very jealous of Betty, though, because his career is practically finished. This causes him to start drinking heavily and become very abusive. Okay. The marriage is starting to remind Betty of the relationship her parents had, and she files for divorce. Okay. Now, remember, it's now like late 30s, early 40s, and divorce is frowned upon in this time. And the tabloids are very cruel to Betty. They say nothing about Charles, but it's all about Betty leaving Charles. And finally, she can't take it anymore. So song number 11, The Last Great American Dynasty. The point of Betty, but kind of like an outside perspective. Okay. So Betty outsider's
0: is- perspective of Betty. Yes, yes. Okay. It's kind of like if we
1: were kind of watching Betty, be like, hmm, all right, okay, this is what's going on with this girl. All right, okay. So Betty is done with New York. The negative publicity is affecting her career, and she can't go anywhere with being hounded about her divorce. She decides to leave the city and move to Rhode Island. This is where she meets character number five, Bill. Ew. And he is a very wealthy heir, as we know from the song. As we know. As we know. So Betty falls very quickly for Bill because he is fun and he's artistic. They have a lot in common, but Bill is a partier and Betty is not. But she really wants to forget about her problems in New York and they get married very shortly after meeting. Now, the town they live in is very much old money. And they do not like the idea of Bill being married to a divorced starlet. So this is like major news in their little town. Okay. But Betty and Bill don't care. They are in love and invite all of her artistic and Broadway friends for huge, elaborate parties at their mansion. However, they start getting into barbiturates and other drugs. Okay. Yes and one day bill overdoses and dies suddenly nice mm-hmm. everyone thinks it's betty's fault because she was the one who brought in like all these crazy artistic out there people mm-hmm. so it was definitely her fault because bill was such a clean nice gentleman who never did anything wrong which very telling of the old hollywood times in the 30s and 40s because you know the men were always good it was the women who were terrible I mean, very telling of just the 30s and 40s. Yeah, right? Right? So it was very common among all the beauty bios that I watched on Ashley's channel. Mm -hmm. So Betty kind of spirals a little bit and she gets more into the drinking and the drugs. Okay. It's a dark place for her. And we move on to song number 12, Mad Woman. Okay. Point of view, Betty. So Betty's on her downward spiral, and she doesn't really notice who's in her immediate circle. She inherits all of Bill's money, which attracts a lot of leeches, mm-hmm. and Bill's extended family is not happy because they think his money should go to them. Yes. Um, and she's still throwing these, like, crazy parties, just how she was when, when Bill was still alive. Mm-hmm. And some of Betty's supposedly called friends start leaking intimate details of her life to the tabloids and what is going on at these parties okay and to add to her troubles bill's family also sues her for his estate this is betty's absolute rock bottom people are painting betty as a crazy woman and she can't trust anyone and nowhere seems safe song 13 song 13 (laughs) hoax point of view betty So Betty wants to leave her life. She's thinking back to that one person who always had her back, and it was James. He made mistakes, yes, but he was always there for her, and now she has no one. She regrets that night at the premiere. She knew meeting Charles would hurt James, but she didn't care at the time. But now all she wants is him back in her life. Mm -hmm. Song 14, Epiphany. This one was point of view Betty, but you know, James, James pops in there a little bit. Alright. So it's now early 1942 and the USA has now entered World War II. Betty enlists as a nurse to help the war effort. Um, It's kind of given her a little bit of purpose in her life again Mm -hmm. and no one at the hospital cares about who she is or like barely recognizes her. And one day there are a lot of wounded soldiers that are coming in. Betty is assigned to one but they haven't identified him yet because he is so badly injured. She searches through the soldier's pockets, and in his chest pocket, she finds a letter. It's addressed to Betty, and inside it is a gold locket that says, With you always.
0: Oh, Am I turning around on James yet? <laughs> I'm not, but how romantic. <laughs> <laughs> and this leads us
1: to song 15, which is seven. So Betty is reading the letter from James. And she quickly finds out that the letter is addressed to her, obviously, because the gold locket's also in there, too. Mm -hmm. And the unknown soldier is James. In this letter is their story from when they were kids and how much he still loved her. Betty is trying so hard now to keep James alive. He eventually wakes up telling her that his last thought before he collapsed on the battlefield was of her. They talked all night and finally forgive each other for the harm they have caused each other song (laughs) to 16 this is like so dramatic (laughs) the lakes point of
0: view betty this is like my favorite song other than the one this is such a good song it's like one that sticks in your head all day too i know i always look at it as like the one is the beginning of the journey and the lakes is the end exactly yes
1: so james is finally recovering and he's ready to leave the hospital He asks if Betty will be returning to the stage. Betty completely breaks down and tells James of how much she loved the stage, but having her life in the tabloids was too much, and she didn't trust herself if she returned to that life again. Mm -hmm. She asks James if he would want to go live with her in the small coastal town, how they always planned it as they were kids. Mm -hmm. And our last song is Peace, Point of View James so james sees how betty cannot go back to life in the spotlight and he wants to give her the world but he's not sure if he could ever protect her from the paparazzi but he vows to try together they move to a small coastal town they quietly get married and start their life together
0: the end so much drama thank you love it (laughs) happy happy uh taylor owns her work again day
1: Yes, and she can write beautiful works of art that let us open up our imagination yet also heal ourselves.
0: Exactly. That was beautiful. Well done.
1: Thank you. Not bad for an afternoon, eh?
0: Not bad for an afternoon. Like, great work, 10 out of 10. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: So, you know, as we were talking about before, folklore was that very young romance with a bit of fairy tale ending. Um, This one, I found it was, like, pretty easy to throw together this story. Like, everything just kind of flowed and how you would expect like any like inspiration was kind of um the notebook a little bit and you know old hollywood stars and kind of that you know they're together they love each other you know falls apart and then they come back together so Mm -hmm. that's kind of how i found like this story to be i also have the framework for an evermore story but because it's that like older perspective of love it's a lot more complicated so i don't really have like all the pieces worked out yet
0: that'll be like a two-hour episode
1: <laughs> yeah that one's hard because like you know i also like to include the bonus tracks because you know it's all part of it and they work yes but getting like the full story like fleshed out way harder mm-hmm. so there's definitely like that difference between folklore that's is very like fairy tale versus evermore which is a lot more real and dirty
0: yeah wow yeah. i'm a little bit shook i'm not gonna lie <laughs> you'll never listen to this album the same again i know I know. I wish I had like something to say, but I'm just like, I, you covered it. (laughs) Okay. So to recap all the song orders, which we'll put in the show notes.
1: First one is Invisible String, Point of View, Betty. Number two, August, Point of View, Inez. Number three, Illicit Affairs, Point of View, Inez. Number four, Mirrorball, Point of View, Inez again. And then song number five is Cardigan, Point of View, Betty. Number six is Betty, point of view, James. Um, Seven, this is me trying, point of view, James. Number eight, the one, point of view, Betty. Number nine, my tears ricochet, point of view, James. Number 10, exile, point of view is both of them. And then 11 is uh, last great American dynasty, point of view, Betty, from like the outside perspective. Number 12, mad woman, point of view, Betty, Betty. Number 13, hoax, point of view, Betty. Epiphany, point of view, Betty. Betty's got a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) Number 15 is seven, which is the letter from James to Betty. Number 16 is the lakes, which is Betty. And then finally, number 17 is peace, which is James. So listen to it in that order. Let me know what you think of the story. Wonderful. Yes. Now, Rachel, did you ever think there was like kind of a story to go in this album
0: yeah I think I always had the story I think um though with what I was going through at the time I applied my story a lot more to it yeah and I feel like that's like the best thing about Taylor is like we could all listen to this album
1: and each come out with like a completely different meaning and story for each song
0: yeah yeah Well, do you have any other insights for the day or should we let these lovely angels go to go listen to the album in this order? I think that's everything I've got to say. I hope everyone enjoyed the story. Like I said, don't
1: at me about some stuff. It's a contradiction and might not follow everything, but this is how I wanted to tell it. So that's how I told it. Awesome. I feel like I'm going to be a lot of people like, Laura, why do you like James? And I'm just like, He's just a person, okay? Like everyone does dumb shit. (laughs) Don't at me. I still love I still love James. (laughs) Don't at me. I got love for all the characters. Okay. It's actually Inez I'm not really a big fan of.
0: I feel for her.
1: Yeah, I feel for her, but I'm just like, girl, you you kind of made your bed, you know? I feel for her though. I'm gonna get hate for that one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Probably. Yeah, you are. You are. Yeah.
1: Okay. You still love Inez. Still love you, Inez. I just think you made some poor choices. So did you poor judgment calls. Oh, James did too. So Absolutely. Did I'm not trying to defend James. Not trying to defend James. But this
0: was a love story between Betty and James. So it kind of had to work out for both of them in the end. This honestly sounds like Taylor talking to Jack in the long on studio session.
1: <laughs> yes. And she said that James and Betty would end up together in the future. So there you go. There's a story where they end up together in the future. Because <laughs> my go. original story- was actually a lot darker mm-hmm. than this, and um, they did not end up together. But it was because James died in the war, mm-hmm. and then Betty completely loses her mind. Oh, good. so yeah, story, the story—the story was actually going a way darker place when, like, I originally thought of it, like back when the album first came out. But once Taylor said, like, "Oh, you know, like I do see James and Betty being together," I'm like, "Okay, okay, I got to kind of like turn this around a little bit, and make it happy at the end." Yeah. Yeah, she still has that fairy tale heart. She does. At her at her soul, she you know? does. And I I love that about her. Love that for cuz I think all the shit in our life, we just want that happy
0: fairy tale. We sometimes. just need love story Taylor's version. That's all we need. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's it for us. Uh, leave a review or a comment. I don't know where you're listening to this. 5 stars. 5 stars. <laughs> all right we will talk to you guys next week and until next time live like tea live like tea